Hey everybody, welcome to Happy Sad Talk Thing, this is Mackin, Carol, um, today is a very tragic day, um, this whole Orlando thing is so fucked, um, just so <laughs> just deeply disturbing and disgusting and um i just wanted to say that i stand by um the lg btq community and uh anyone that feels affected by this um I was listening to NPR on uh, in the car today, and um, it was interesting. Um, everyone was very quick to sort of issue a political response um, because of you know how important the impending election is. But I thought it was kind of fucking weird because um, I don't think policy is important right now I think what's important right now is grieving the loss of 50 innocent people um, and there was this pastor who came on um, a reverend I don't know some some Christian leader from the community in Orlando, uh, from this like really fucking cool progressive Unitarian church where they uh, apparently like the day that same-sex marriage was legalized, they had like 14 weddings or something like that. Like just a really open-minded and um, amazing community from how it was described on this NPR peace and she was just <laughs> she was saying we we stand on the side of love and um I don't know that seemed extremely appropriate <laughs> and rather than focus on more division and more separation um that that seemed like a really appropriate sentiment um because division and separation, <laughs> and this is what she was going on to say, or like or lead to these types of horrible fucking things happening, you know, and separating ourselves and, and uh, you know, judgment and hatred and all that stuff. And, and um, that this, you know, this was a one person, one piece of shit, <laughs> one one asshole um and not muslims you know and it's just a goddamn shame if this fuels the fire for more hatred um you know because i'm sure there are many righteous righteous people who practice, you know, the Muslim faith that are just as 
fucking horrified at this as everyone else is. And um, I don't know if anything. Um, I just think it's important to I think it's important to, I mean, like, I, I'm I'm sorry, I, I'm not, I, I don't have a specific thing to say, comment to make, other than how fucking horrible this is, how devastating this is, um, and I just, I don't know, I, it, it, it's... There's just so many goddamn shootings in America. Like the one at UCLA happened not too long ago, Santa Barbara. That's not my place to comment on on you know what policies need to be enacted. But I know what doesn't help is pointing the finger and you know blaming and and more hating um, and I don't know. It's just fu- the whole thing's fucked. And, um, it's just, I don't know. And anytime these horrible things happen, it's perspective, you know. And it, I'm someone who's in my head a lot and worry about being a bad person or. You know, whatever kind of <laughs> in 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 light of recent events, seemingly very silly problems. Um, and I spent the day with with family and friends, um, and those have definitely been relationships I've been really critical of recently. Um, and as horrible as something like this Orlando thing is, I guess it's just reminds us how fragile <laughs> our relationships really are you know I didn't know anyone in the attacks and, and my, my heart goes out to anyone that did um, but it does make me just so grateful to have uh, amazing people in my life um, and I saw some friends of mine uh, sing today making some music at a cafe and uh, it was just great (laughs) Um, it was just beautiful you know that I mean in response to terrorism what do we do as ordinary people you know (laughs) we're not policymakers you know I just think it's so important to keep on you know do things that make us happy and 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 to make art <laughs> in the face of terror and anger and fear and hatred and and choose to not succumb to fear, you know, (laughs) and to keep 
to stand on the the side of of love as as corny as that sounds i think it's brave and i just i thought it was great i had a great day today i didn't have a great day today today was fucking dark and weird um but i was grateful to have friends and to listen to music um and they were just, I don't know, there were straight people, there were gay people, there were black people, there were, you know, Latino, it was just, everyone was just listening to my friends, like, sing some jazz songs, and, um, I, don't, I, I guess, <laughs> I don't know, I guess togetherness and, um, That 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 to me feels like a big fuck you to pieces of shit that do horrible things like this that try to divide people and make people angry and afraid. Um, so I apologize um, for the somber intro. Um, and I thank you for allowing me to kind of just try to, <laughs> um, express my grief on here and, um, I just hope you guys are doing okay. Um, yeah, today on the podcast is, uh, friend of mine, Moira Maxie Green, um, who was the jazz singer that I saw today, along with my friends, uh, Max and Larry, um, and they were making some great music, and I just felt like it was important to acknowledge the things that were happening. This interview was recorded yesterday before, uh, the attacks happen, so, uh, you know, the tone of the conversation that Moira and I are having doesn't necessarily reflect the tone of the conversation that we would be having today. Um, and I just, I felt like I, I, I felt like saying something for myself, so, um, but it was a great conversation, uh, someone I've, uh, known for a while, but haven't really gotten a chance to really sit down and hang out with. Um, and so it was really cool to hear her sort of perspective on the world and hear a little bit more about who she is and, you know, where she's been and stuff. Um, and she shares a beautiful piece of music with us at the end. And um, I just think it's important that, <laughs> you know, people keep making stuff and doing stuff. And There's a point in this conversation where Moira and I are sort of talking about the validity of <laughs> pursuing music making and art making and, you know, what the fuck are we doing and is it worth anything? And I, um, I think it is. 
and I think people trying to connect with people is noble and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back right now <laughs> but uh you know cuz it's fucking better than people trying to tear people apart you know and just seeing some responses to this horrible fucking thing that are trying to tear more people apart and blame people and it's not what it's about you know and so um i hope you guys enjoy this conversation um because you know brought me a little bit closer to someone in my life and uh hope you guys enjoy it take care Every time I feel like I try to prepare something, it just comes out really stupid. Um, okay. So that's for other podcasts. Okay. To do. Like, how often? In these podcasts, do you stop and like, you know, pause like oh, when you really? run out of things to talk? Or no, I'm like asking you, like, yeah. how often does that happen? Or like, it's never do you happened edit? so far. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> do you edit stuff out? Occasionally, I try to leave it like as un like chopped. Yeah, un unchopped as possible. Because that's kind of like the whole appeal of this, you know, is like yeah. just kind of like a real conversation. Mm. Um, Honest. But there, there have been some times where I've edited some stuff out where I've just yeah. made a really dumb joke or something. There have been mm. times where I've wished I could edit things out that I couldn't because it didn't work. Like With the flow. With the flow. Um, and there, yeah, yeah. there's like a couple. But every time after I do one, I'm all in my head and I'm like, that was fucking horrible. Like there were so many awkward pauses and I got to like edit everything out. And I'm like really in my head about it. And then I'll come back to it like a couple of days later. And it's always like way less awkward than I thought it was going to be. That's um, good. But yeah, but there have been a couple times where I've... Yeah. There was one time where I was talking about some stuff that was, like, way too personal. <laughs> like, it may seem that, like, I just kind of talk about... Yeah, uh, that, right. That this is my audio diary, but there's definitely some stuff that it's, like, not cool to <laughs> I made I made, like, a mental list of, like, don't bring up this just because you don't have anything else to say. Right. Like, you cannot <laughs> talk about that. Like, that's not a good thing. And I was listening to the one with Sabrina. Yeah. I think last week. Heck and yeah. uh, there was like a moment where there was like a recording malfunction and it cut out. And I was like, is it a recording yeah. malfunction? Or <laughs> are they editing? No, there was definitely a recording malfunction. Okay. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe you. But I just thought about it, like that would be maybe a smooth way to just. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. It was assuring for myself being like, okay, so like if you do bring <laughs> that thing up. Well, yeah. No, you were totally like we're not live, you know. I can just always like edit it out. Thank God. Put a little harp transition in, and then we're chilling. Nice. But yeah, there's been a couple times where I've said something just like, "Ooh, maybe that person doesn't want to be mentioned Ooh. on this <laughs> podcast." Yeah. You know. Yeah, I wonder about that. If like your prime viewership is all of your peers, it but like that's what you is. have to talk about is <laughs> yeah. like your life and the people in it. Exactly. Like how do you avoid? It's inevitable, I don't know. and it's just like um, maybe if I if, like that's the thing. Like the, this podcast, maybe like maybe gets like a hundred plays on like a good episode a week or something, which yeah. is like I'm stoked. You know, yeah, it's nice because I had no expectations for this, and like 
it's not like my career. Every time I'm <laughs> doing music, it's like there's all this pressure when you put right. something out. It's like, right. oh no, this needs to be a hit or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just like fun, you know? Yeah. Um, what was I talking about five seconds ago? The peers. Oh yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's yeah. like so of those like 50 to 100 people that listen to this, it's like all people that I know. So I can't pretend that there's this like anonymity, you know, and that it's like, if I'm going to talk about this girl I went on a date with last week, she's probably going to probably going to listen to it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um which is like interesting. So it I try to pre- like as personal as I get on this podcast and as as like revealing quote unquote as I am, like mm-hmm. there there are definitely certain things where I like have to, you know, there has to be some kind of separation between us recording right now. And if we were not recording yeah. and I, I try to make that gap like as small as possible. And when I first started doing the podcast, I was like, there's going to be no gap. Like, cause my favorite podcast, like there's one called the Duncan Trussell family hour. Huh. And it's this guy and he like got like testicular cancer and he like podcasted about it. And it was like mind blowing, you know? And it's like mother, is passing away and she's like this really like enlightened lady who like spends like all of her time like reading like Eastern philosophy books and like he interviews her for like two hours about like the process of dying and just like all this really personal, amazing, cathartic stuff. And that was kind of like, you know, my favorite podcast material were like, or people, you know, like struggling with like relationships or whatever. And like, (laughs) I, you know, I, I enjoy that sort of like honest, raw connection thing. Um, but as much as I like pretend that I can do that, there's there's just certain stuff where it's like not cool. <laughs> it's not like, oh, that was super raw and awesome. It was like you're maybe gossiping or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just cer- yeah, certain stuff that. Um, and I guess it's true with like songwriting and stuff too, where it stops being like for anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. and like a lot, you know, most of my favorite music it, like comes from a really personal place. But, and I use this album as a reference all the time, but the record, have you ever heard the record Carrie and Lowell by Sufjan Stevens? I mean, I listen to Sufjan, but I don't know which yeah. albums. He's got, know. well, he's got this one record that's kind of a, like, centrally about, like, the passing of his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't feel like he's whining or something, you know? Mm. It doesn't feel like he's, like, saying, like, oh, woe is, like, give me your pity and your sympathy, you know? Yeah. It feels very, like... I don't know, like, I get a lot from that record, you know? Yeah. Um, And so there is a difference between, like, that and then somebody just, you know, reading from their diary where it's like, you know, that has nothing to do with me. I'd rather not hear that, you know? Yeah. Um, So it's interesting to find, like, what that that line is because I think it's really subtle. (laughs) And I still haven't figured it out yet. You know, I'll write a song that's just, like, for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's... Like, there's, there's no room for anyone else to take something from it, you know? Yeah. And then if I zoom out, like, a little bit, you know, then there's enough room for people to put themselves in a song or a podcast or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's funny how much that line is associated with, like, how big your viewership is. Because, yeah. like, comedians <laughs> do this shit all the time where, like, they talk directly about somebody in their life that like will 100% hear what they're saying and like they say mean things but it's like later on they can be like okay yeah but like it was for the sake of the comedy you know like you know I love you that kind of shit totally I guess you could do that with this but like maybe (laughs) yeah maybe when you hit like 300 viewers for podcast (laughs) you'll be able to be like well I like had to you know I like had to bring it up obviously it was like 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when you have that level of, oh my, turn you up. I'm talking way too loud. Sorry. No, you're fine. Approach the microphone if that makes it. You're totally fine. No, no worries. Um, Yeah, I feel like uh, when you have like a big audience, there's a little bit of anonymity, you know, to real people in your life. Like no one fucking knows the people in Louis C.K.'s life that he's mentioning, but like. I'd say most of the people know most of the people <laughs> I talk about on this podcast. Yes. Um, but that's a like that's not like a problem. It's not something that's actively coming up and being like, ah, oh, damn, if only I could. Yeah. I mean, there are certain parts of my life that I'd like to talk about, but I mean, maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's just weird because I I get in my head about it and I'm like, all right, I brand myself as this very like emotionally honest person, yet there's mm. definitely some shit that I'm not saying right now and so there's this like it's the it's a question of like <laughs> is it me being a coward or is it me like being courteous yeah, yeah yeah you know and I, there's probably i'm not sure you know with certain things there's certain yeah. things it's like maybe don't talk about that person right now i think that would be kind of rude <laughs> like and then there are certain things where it's like maybe i'm just scared to talk about that and that would actually be a really cathartic awesome thing mm. i don't know well, this no. is a safe space, Megan. <laughs> Welcome oh, to my podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. You are totally free to talk about <laughs> whatever, you know? When I was growing up. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Yeah. Um, I mean, I do the same thing with, like, songwriting. But for some reason, I feel like it's all okay to talk about because yeah. it's, like, I wrote, like, a really good song, you know? So, yeah. like, fuck you if you have a problem with the fact that you're in it, you know? And, exactly. Like, the only <laughs> thing is when it's a shitty song. <laughs> That's yeah. where it becomes an issue where it's, like... I just wanted to put you in a song. Yeah. So I wrote a shitty song about you. Have you ever dated like a writer or something and you put each other in songs? Um, I mean, I've dated musicians, but yeah. I don't think I've been in their <laughs> songs. I hope not. Yeah. I've been in that relationship before and it's just like, it's not a good time. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone, everyone tends to be the hero of their own breakup song. Yep. You know? Oh, yeah. And so you just, you hear the other Hell ones yeah. and you're like, oh. I'm on the other side of that song. That's no fun. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever like consciously been aware of being put into a song. I mean, you know, yeah. I've had like a lot of gray loves in my life, so like <laughs> I'm sure that people have written about me. But <laughs> yeah, odds are. I just I like I I don't hold on to those things, so I don't like keep tabs on the songs that they're writing. I'm sure I'm in all of that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a weird period of my life where I like uh, would write a song about you know an ex girlfriend or something, and then I'd. I'd like s- like send it to them or something, super not healthy. Or like, it, I I was telling myself at the time that it was part of the closure thing mm. or something, which is part like, of the process. This is a bullshit idea. Like closure in general is just like not a, not a real thing, you know. Yeah. There's been many times in my life where I'm like, I need closure, and it's just like ends up me like involving myself in the situation for like a lot longer than I needed to. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like out of some idea of closure, be like, I need to play this song for this girl right now. You know, it's just, <laughs> just way more dramatic than it needs to be, as yeah. opposed to some catharsis that I'm like hoping for. Totally, I still yeah. have like the fantasy of going home and booking a big show and like having the the ex there or the Walking in the, the friend. Back. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and like you were just belting out this hit song. Yeah. That 
they know is about them, but has made you all of this money, and clearly you're too big to care about them anymore. So. Yeah. Well, that's one thing, and that's probably, you know, that sounds like a cool movie or something, but it's another thing when there's like seven people. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's weird, though, like writing songs about people in your real life, you know? Because especially like at music school, when there's like thirty people that you're spending all your time with, like oh <laughs> you're gonna God. probably write a song about a few of those people because they're the only people that you see, and they're your friends. And anyways, um, especially like I don't know if you've taken any of the songwriting classes, but yeah, I'm up. I'm doing songwriting three with Sean in the fall. Oh hell yeah, that, that's a great class. You get to see like this total other side of him because in like the performance class, he's much more like a football coach. You know, totally. And then, like in yeah. the songwriting class, he's a little more of like a guru type of dude. Mm. And I think he's like both of those things combined. But it's a cool side of him that he doesn't get to be um, in the performance class. Yeah. But the performance classes, it's just I don't know. Last year was like a particularly raw year for me, and I think because like I didn't have maybe the time to like be alone and and decompress and mm-hmm. like like having this space to myself for the last like six weeks. Oh, man, there was just so much anxiety and stress that I was attributing to just, like, me failing as a person that I was really just like, oh, no, I just, like, need space, you know, to mm-hmm. decompress and come back to Earth. And, like, there's just really for the last, like, two years uh, that I've had roommates, everything, like, pressure just builds up and then it just has nowhere to go, you know? So yeah. I'm just walking around with all this unresolved tension all the time. And, yeah. uh just those songwriting classes, you know, with like the 10 or 12 people that are like, and everyone's like really empathetic and, <laughs> you know, so there's just Safe like, space. yeah. And it's just, um, they're just situations where it's like, you know, I can't really avoid a write, writing a song about this person right now or like, you know. It yeah. Just <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited like, <laughs> to take that class because I'm not doing it like with the songwriting majors of our year. It's yeah. all with the year below us yeah and so it's people that i wouldn't normally see every day which is nice you know to like not have to expose myself to my right (laughs) the peers that i a little more anonymity yeah there there's a bunch of great writers in that grade they're cool men great writers great people yeah i love that class me too it's awesome big fans like i i mean i talk about it on this podcast too much (laughs) turn my wi-fi off so my mom doesn't (laughs) keep texting me um (laughs) um yeah, there's something, like, really cool about that group that's just, like, makes me super stoked to see them. Because they're all, like, really into each other's songs. And I they're know. Like they're all so supportive. So supportive. Ugh. Like, I went to some of those songwriting in the rounds, and, like, <clears throat> some of them are cool. Like, some of them, you get, like, 20, 30 people out there. Yeah. But some of them, it's, like, four people. I was there for one of yours. Yeah, the yeah, one yeah. Towards the end of the that was like a, that was a good turnout. I was stoked. On yeah. That. But I've definitely played that Someone room. brought cookies, so that was... <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Plus. But, like, sometimes there's no one in that room, you know? But, like, I've been to ones where there's, like, five people in that room, and it's, like, a freshman songwriter, and then there's just, like, all the other freshman songwriters are there, and Aww. they're just, like, crying and, like, I love this song so much! <laughs> like, and they're just so genuinely yes. friends, you know? And yeah. it's, like, just inspiring to see. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I hung out with Sabrina last weekend. I was in really? New York. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, New I saw City. that on your Facebook. How was yeah. that? so good oh my god it was too good yeah. i like almost cried on the plane back because i was like i don't want to go back to la at all yeah you know totally. i forgot how much i love new york city is that your first oh. time there 
No, I actually, I was born in Massachusetts right. on the East Coast, and I still have tons of family in New Jersey on my dad's side, yeah. and my mom's mom lives in Ithaca, New York. Yeah. So I go back pretty regularly, but I hadn't been into the city in like three years, and I used to go like once every two years at least, and I just forgot how much I loved it. Damn. And this is the first time like since graduating high school too, you know, where it's like I've yeah. lived in other cities and like... I could. I could move to New York. Like, I could do that. I want to do that. Yeah. Man, I just love it. I love it so much. And Jon Snow, who uh, graduated last year, Mm. he was a jazz bass player from Thornton. Yeah, that guy is an amazing bass player. He's incredible. I lived with him for two years when I first moved here. And he moved to New York right after graduating. And he's just doing it big man he lives in brooklyn he's got this like little townhouse apartment with two older cool kids and they're all just playing music for a career right like nightly gigging around new york city doing the jazz thing i'm so freaking jealous (laughs) Ah. yeah that's fucking awesome kills me when did you so you grew up in massachusetts i grew up in madison wisconsin actually but i was born in massachusetts and then when did you move to wisconsin uh when i was like two or one yeah. one or two okay so i so spent like very little time in massachusetts wisconsin pretty much right i would say i'm from wisconsin yeah but we go back to the east coast all mm-hmm. the time i have a lot of family back there too so yeah it's interesting like having a place that you go back to every couple of years i don't know if you had this experience or not but especially being a very like just desperate for an identity person growing up yeah. just like kind of using that to check in with myself every couple of years, you know, because mm. these people, these relatives that only have an impression of me like every two or three years, you know? Yeah. And just being like kind of tracking my own progress as a person or something. Yeah. Like seeing these people. I don't think I could say I have that experience just because the family that I have over there is like, my dad has five siblings. There's six of them and half of them are Democrats and half of them are Republicans. Mm. And so the family situations are stressful sometimes oh yeah and everyone i mean everyone is great people you know like love them all they're my family but like (laughs) especially growing up in my more formative years um Uh i would go back there and just realize that i have very little in common with a lot of them yeah and it wasn't really (laughs) like i couldn't really go by how they were judging my character development because they were probably seeing it as a negative thing (laughs) no i feel you no and i had to come to that realization myself like i didn't realize that for so many years um like that i have to you know be able to judge my own self-worth as opposed to like outsourcing it to people because i'm like you know pursuing a career and singing songs (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and they're all like ivy league like wall street like just you know very yep. that type of world you know mm-hmm. and so me being like yeah like i emailed a bunch of blogs and <laughs> like just stuff that makes no sense and it's like oh cool like you play bass guitar <laughs> awesome you know but what was yeah. uh what was being from wisconsin like um i think i would have to say that i'm from madison i don't think you could say that i'm from wisconsin okay. um i mean you can wisconsin is definitely the state i'm from but i just don't identify with it probably as a state overall did you see like the making what is the netflix documentary like the make a murderer the murderer the super popular yeah i i missed that one and i was like embarrassed every time everyone was talking about it you should watch it it's entertaining 
but okay. it paints Wisconsin in a very negative light. Oh, no. Wisconsin is a Republican state, but Madison is like this tiny little liberal bubble of like right. 350,000 people. Um, it's a huge college town, and I love Madison. I miss it yeah. so much. It's just like, it's like the perfect little city. Yeah. You know, it's like you get the college life. You get lots of bustling people. Downtown area is nice, yeah. but it's also like you can bike the whole thing. And my high school was very supportive of the arts, and I got um, a very solid education. I loved it. But it was quite a shock to leave leave that and realize the rest of the world exists. And also realize yeah. like how fucked up Madison is in a lot of other ways. Like mm. Wisconsin has repeatedly been ranked the worst place to live for a black person. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like ridiculous. I think they're like... 6% of the population or f maybe less than that in Wisconsin is African American, but they make up like over 50% of the incarcerated population. Shit. It's nuts. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. And you just don't realize that as like a kid, a white yeah. kid growing up in an affluent area and like the liberal bubble that is Madison. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> well, it's cool that like, I don't know, put yourself in a different environment and kind of, like, challenge all the things that you, like, thought were, I don't know, just get perspective and stuff, you know? Very see cool. That to be true. Very cool. I think that studying abroad should be required for every single person yeah. before high school graduation. Yeah. I think that every single person should have to go I, somewhere I else. I need to go somewhere else. Like, I'm from Orange County, which is, like, barely somewhere else. It's <laughs> pretty much not. Um... It's a little bit different, and it's been a nice, slight perspective change. But, like, my number one goal with going to college was, like, I need to get out of Southern California. <laughs> like, and, you know, irony Here at the University are. of Southern California. Um, because the pop program, you know? And yeah. I was just like, I, I fucking wish I could pick this program up and drop it in Portland or, like, Hell Nashville yeah. or something, you know? Hell yeah. But I was like, what I want more than to, like, live in another city is to, like, play music, you know? Yeah. So. I know that'll be like another chapter of my life, but and my, then my family moved up here with me. <laughs> so, you know, I just like, were those two connected? They couldn't stand <laughs> to be away. <laughs> yes. Um, well, my sisters are up here too. So like, they were mm -hmm. just like, and they were, they, they were up here before they moved down to Orange County to like raise their kids. Um, but it was a little like, you know, I feel like that's just an important part of like the hero's journey, you know, you got to leave your home. Yeah, you and then do. I like tried and then my home like <laughs> moved with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that's like going to be an important part of my personal development or whatever is like, you know, cutting the cord and yeah. Shipping off. This Where else, else would you want to live? You think, man, well, like it's weird making a music career because you're sort of tied to big cities. Very you true. Know? Um, unless you're like famous enough to like, right. You know, live on a ranch and make records and <laughs> you know just put them out mm. but like um i mean the northwest has always seemed like really appealing just um yeah the people that i know that are from there um i'm sure i have this really idealized version of it in my head mm -hmm. from watching lots of portlandia <laughs> but it seems like a great place um like portland and uh seattle seem really cool i've spent a little time in seattle um but i'd love to live in Fucking New York, you know, Hell or Nashville. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Nashville would be the, the town for me, but anyways, 
What brought you out to California? Um, it was actually, I was visiting my friend, Will Van Boldrick, who I went to high yeah. school with. He graduated from the pop program last year. He was a guitar dude. And he had, so I had been at UW-Madison for a semester, for the spring mm. semester, and I was fucking miserable. What I hated it. What were you studying it. there? I was studying uh, metalworking. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember talking to you about this. Yeah, metalworking and <laughs> international relations and Spanish. What? I was doing like an art metal, technically an art metal major um, and a Spanish major because they didn't have a Spanish minor. And then I was doing an international relations minor. But I was pretty much just trying to convince myself that like I could be happy doing something other than music. Right. And I had those are really awesome sounding things. Yeah, it was. I mean, I have like a shit ton of hobbies. I love just like being able to do a bunch of stuff. That's love that. But like music is just the thing that undeniably makes me the happiest. Yeah. Which is just unavoidable. And I had wanted to apply to music schools when I was in high school. And instead, I did not apply to a single school, not a one. Yeah. <laughs> I graduated high school without having applied to any colleges because I got in a relationship and, you know, that yeah. like tied me down. And I traveled for a semester. And while I was traveling, I was like, fuck, like, I don't have any plan after this. Where'd and, you go? Um, when I was traveling, yeah. I did like a three month solo, like Europe backpacking trip. That's fucking cool. Which is really, it was, it was so cool it was incredible but then i came home and was like okay i just spent all of my money my boyfriend is here but this is the one school that i said i did not want to go to i said i didn't want to stay in madison and of course i obviously stayed in madison for a semester and my friend uh from la or from madison who i went to high school with who was studying here at usc came home for two weeks at the beginning of the summer and I ended up hanging out with him like every day. And we hadn't been that close in high school, yeah. but I was so fucking desperate to hang out with anyone that wasn't in Madison. Yeah. And I just bitched to him for two straight weeks about how miserable I was and how like fucking unhappy everything was making me. And he was just like, I don't want to hear this. Like, I honestly like, I mean, I love you. You're great. But like, I don't care. Right. Like, just like change <laughs> shit, you know, like stop yeah. whining. Like you're not doing anything differently. Like. That's kind of awesome that yeah, there's he was, someone that was like... He is like still that person for me. Like He's yeah. just so honest. I love love that kid. Um, and so I came out here and visited him for a week, and he was like, we have this room in my house that somebody dropped out of our lease, and this was in the end of June, I think, of 2013? Yeah. yeah, 2013. And... Uh, he was like, just get a job and move out here. And I was like, yeah, but like, it was, how am I going to get a job? It's all these things. And then while I was here, the girl that he was dating at the time was interning at the company where I work now. Right. She was like, well, maybe like they want to hire you. And I was like, I have no skills, but, (laughs) but sure. If they're into that, if they need some art metal. Right. And I ended up uh, shadowing her for a day. And at the end of that day I had, um, like lunch with the owner of the company and he was like yeah well like we just need extra hands around here like just running you know like driving places and dropping shit off and picking things up and like doing whatever i need done so if you want to move out here like you can have a full-time job and i was like sick and so then two weeks later i got a one-way ticket (laughs) (laughs) packed up all my shit and moved out here damn yeah, and that's like 
I can see from where we're sitting right now, I can like see the street where it's like Menlo right over there. Were you still together with your boyfriend when you moved out here? No, <laughs> that would not have happened. Um, yeah, it's funny because looking back on like that relationship, I was very unhappy and like the relationship was like a negative thing in my life by the end of it. Yeah. And it ended terribly. But yeah. like if it hadn't ended so terribly, <laughs> I would not have had the drive to move out here. You know, like, yeah. it <clears throat> was making me miserable when we were together. And then it made me devastated when we were apart yeah and now look at me now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard to to not be bitter about that type of stuff and be like yeah. okay you know there's definitely some trying fucking times but yeah, i understand why were. it all had to happen you know Ooh. Like, profound i just feel like that type of stuff like you have to try to totally do that type of stuff yeah you know yeah, I mean, everything terrible or great that has ever happened to you has gotten you here. Right. You know? Right. Now it's just a matter of, like, is here where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's funny to think about, too, like, if I hadn't gotten in that relationship, like, I had such grand plans. Like, I left high school a semester early and finished. I did, like, a couple of online courses to finish and just worked full time to save money so I could yeah. travel. And I was like, I want to go around the world. I saved like thousands and thousands of dollars, like yeah. way more money than I have now. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up going to Europe, which I did not want to do initially. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, everybody goes to Europe. Everybody does that. But it was like, I was with the boyfriend at that time and he was supposed to travel with me. Right. And so we kind of picked a place that we both wanted to go and he had to come back to go to school that semester. So I was like, I guess we'll go to Europe and then he can come for two weeks and then go home and then I can do the rest of it by myself. Yeah. And that's what we did. And I don't regret that at all. You know, it was like an yeah. incredible experience, but like I wanted to go to South America yeah. and I still haven't been to South America. So <laughs> still on the to-do list. Yeah. One day. One of these days when I'm not locked into tens of thousands of debt right. <laughs> from this private institution. <laughs> Damn, dude. When did, when did like, then you applied to pop program? Right. So when I was living on Menlo in that, that house, I was, it was with eight boys and yeah. I think like four of them were in the pop program and the was other Pacino ones were one of them? Yeah. Well, he, yeah. he was in the second year. Okay. We were in that house for two years and the, after the first year, um, somebody graduated and we also had a grad student who graduated. Mm -hmm. And so then two new people moved in. Yep. He was a great roommates oh so nostalgic that house is so so nice but while i was living there i applied to the pop program yeah that was super <laughs> anxious because uh it's like everybody in the house was already into the pop program so it's like if i don't get in i'm just not as good <laughs> as all of these people that i live yeah, with fuck. and at that point it's i was already happening. signed into the lease for the next year Right. So it's like if I have to live in this house full of people in the program that I didn't get into, it's gonna crush my soul. <laughs> yeah. But I got in. Thank Hooray! God. Thank God. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Definitely one of the best things to ever happen to me. Pretty stoked about it still. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a cool place. I, it's weird. Like, I feel really self conscious about it when I talk about it. Like, um. Because I'm, like, super stoked to be there, you know? And there's great yeah. people there. But I just, I don't know why. I, I find myself, like, apologizing 
like to the people that are really cynical about it, you know, like I'm, hmm. I'm just friends with some people that like, just like don't think it's very cool or like people that are in the program or not some and some not. Um, and I find like, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a dork. Like I'm into it, you know? And like, it. yeah, me fucking too. And it's cool. Cause I feel like our class, like that's kind of the common theme and it's really nice. Yeah. But like, it was hilarious because when I started this podcast, I was like, I'm like the first episode I was like, I didn't say USC at all, you know, cause I was like very embarrassed about it. Oh. Um, and I was like trying to avoid it for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> but every single person like that's been on this podcast with the exception of two people, like I've met through USC, you know, right. And, like, we talk about USC right. for like a good portion of the podcast, you know, and especially cause like the pop program is like so specific to it. It's like, I can't really be, generic about it you know Mm because it has to be this one thing right um but there's this weird part of me that's like it's i don't know like assuming that or just and this is no one like i'm sure no one like hears me saying like i go to usc and goes what a fucking douchebag what a douchebag bragging oh you're a piece of shit you know it's probably one or two there's probably one or two hundred (laughs) but it's mostly like me just being self-conscious you know yeah and like being afraid that people are gonna like judge me or something you know yeah and so i I like find the need to and it's like at the end of the day it's like you know i find this place cool i'm not like you know i didn't like cheat my way in here or something (laughs) you know like it's perfectly fine that i go to this school and yet there's so much like I don't know. There's so much self-consciousness. Like, I don't yeah. want to talk about it. When people totally. like, ask me what school I go to, I'm not like, USC Fight On. Thank yeah. you very much. I'm like, I go to music school <laughs> in downtown LA. Like, totally. I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be perceived as like some like spoiled asshole, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very real. I mean, I am like the first person to shit on USC. Like if USC knew how much i <laughs> shit on usc usc would kick me out i love yeah. thornton the music school i love our program the mm, faculty agreed. is great but usc i think is full of shit i think as an institution it's not nice yeah i agree this is the last place that i would go if it were not for the pop program definitely and i feel the same way and i feel like that puts us in this really fucking weird spot yeah <laughs> like every single person you meet you're like i go to usc but by the way i, I fucking hate it but <laughs> yeah like i don't go to blame USC, me but by the way like i totally don't go to usc at mm-hmm. all you know yeah and it's weird because i i grew up in southern california and mm-hmm. i have like 18 people from my graduating class came to usc you know damn yeah and wow. so like i and, and i never see them never because mm-hmm. i only at the thornton <laughs> you know school of music yeah and it's really weird because sometimes i'll like see them around and like I've changed a lot since high school and like it's just super weird like seeing somebody from that time and yeah like someone from the water polo team and just being like oh <laughs> like oh we have nothing in common <laughs> like um, you still exist yeah just really weird reminders that that anyways but um it, i don't know like sometimes like yeah definitely walking around campus and just seeing like you know beautiful people and just like and sunglasses, Dude. like, I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, yeah. I'm so incredibly out of place. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, USC is one of those institutions that just, like, literally embodies their brochure. Like, it is yeah. a bunch of beautiful people standing in front of fountains. Yeah. And well-manicured <laughs> lawns. Yeah. And, like, I feel this need to, 
separate myself from that. Like my yeah. stereotyped image of this place, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's like I've met cool people that like go to this school, you know, that yeah, aren't totally. in the music program and like they're there are jerks everywhere and there are great people everywhere, you know? Absolutely. But there's this like really self-conscious part of me that doesn't want to be associated with it at all, you know? And so like tries to, like every time that I like say that I go to USC or something, I'm like, but I don't like, but I don't, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I don't know. It's just interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, and there's part of me that's like, that that doesn't matter, man. Yeah. You know, like anyone who would judge you for that, like, which I probably would if I was, you know, didn't go here and yeah. talking to me. Right. <laughs> like, that's their deal, you know? Yeah. And, like, there are times where I wish I could just be, like, I go to music school at USC, like, end of the sentence, moving on to the rest of my personality. Yeah, you know, As totally. opposed to me, like, apologizing for it, for, like, whatever, you know? Yeah, I have that, because coming from University of Madison, Wisconsin, and I was studying art and stuff, and, like, I had my super hip group of friends that yeah. were all from high school. Like, literally, all of my friends from high school were the year above me, which is partially why I left early, because I was like, I hate this place. <laughs> and they all left for a year and went to different schools, and every single one of them transferred back to UW-Madison the really? second year. Yeah, and so, like, my first semester there was literally just high school, like, hanging out with all my friends. But they're all, like amazing people love them so much yeah very hipsters you know i like moved to la went to usc and now i am like the pariah (laughs) of the group right i mean we're still tight whenever i go back and hang out there it's awesome but they're like wow like you sold out damn yeah that definitely doesn't get get you a lot of hipster points no it does not (laughs) but i totally wish that i could embrace it more as like i mean like i don't judge the people that picked usc as their top spot at all you know like the greek life is not for me but like it works for some people exactly and to each their own yeah yeah, i'm not saying like fuck anyone who's involved in that you've made the wrong decision with your life just like not not what i'm about yeah i will openly shit on usc as a university (laughs) though like not the students that go here but just like the foundation of (laughs) it's pretty strange it's just ridiculous. Well, it's, and if you look about, if like if you look at the community around USC, like I don't know, it just it, it, there's definitely like I'm super grateful, lol, whatever. Right. But I mean, it's just kind of like pushing out the local community, you know, and putting mm-hmm. like really expensive like supermarkets where yeah. people can't afford to now buy groceries for their family yeah. and probably have to move. And literally putting up a fence around the A physical the fence. Yeah. yeah you to know? keep people out. Like, <laughs> they have made that statement, you know, with yeah. the, the time, the time limit that, like, the public can be on campus and, like, checking IDs after hours is just like, yeah. we have taken this part of your community, we now own it. This land is ours and you are not welcome. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, I understand like safety is an issue and stuff, but it, it does not seem like it seems very much at odds with the surroundings, you know, and yeah. like very forcibly at odds, you yeah. know? And it's just strange, you know, cause it's, I feel like some of the pillars of the school are like community and togetherness yeah. and helping whatever. And it's just like really not the case when you kind of look at, yeah. and you know, you look at the website and, I don't know the way all the angles that the photographs are taken from, <laughs> like make yeah. it look like this glorious place. And then you come here and you, and you're just, there's just like, you know, all this apparent massive poverty happening, you know, yeah. it's like nowhere to be found. I mean, like obviously, you know, you want to take nice pictures and put them on your website, but mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it just seems weird, a little weird. Yeah. Know? No, I have like been thinking about this conflict a lot lately because I'm doing Writing 150 right now yeah. over the summer and we're doing the like topic of sustainability hmm. and I am currently in the middle of a five page paper due at midnight tonight oh, about man. how campus can function or not function as like a model for a more sustainable society. Right. And you look at USC and like, it's so strange because on like one hand, my opinion is clearly coming from a place of privilege. Like I can say that like the separation of the community from the campus and like trying to keep the students more safe is a bad thing in my opinion, because I'm still relatively safe, you know, like in my, in my spot but i really think that like keeping our student body more removed from the community in an effort of safety is like a bad thing like i think that keeping campuses safe is not good because when you look around the world like the percent of the population that's living with an idea of like safety in this sense where there's like a freaking yellow jacket posted at every other corner yeah you know, like ready to assist you in any situation. It's just like, it's ridiculous. Like that's not the case anywhere else. Like yeah. why should we be allowed this safe space when it's not, you yeah. know, off? It's, it's so mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just the idea of separation of like, these people are the ones being educated and the, the valuable and I'm like, mm-hmm. like, fuck everyone else, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like just that idea of like literally fostering elitism, you know? Yeah. It's great. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah, you know, music school. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but back to our, you know, privileged education. Yeah, well, I feel weird, like, talking about any, like, you know, I'm a straight white male who, yeah. like, goes to private college. <laughs> like, who the fuck cares what I have to say about anything, and, you know? And, like, and even on this podcast, like, sometimes I'll, you know, be talking about, like, race or something, you know, and just, like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, what I have to say? It's, like, a weird, it's a weird thing to complain about. Totally. <laughs> you know? And I definitely am not, like, well, oh, ooh, uh, <laughs> you guys don't understand what it's like. <laughs> but it is, like, weird, you know? Because I feel like, obviously, there's plenty of opportunities <laughs> for straight white males. <laughs> In America, but it's like <laughs> when the conversation comes up about, you know, race or, or gender issues or whatever, I just feel like, just like, like, what, am I supposed to just like shut up? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. just, it's weird because I don't like in my heart of hearts, like, I don't want that to be the answer. Like, I don't want like, you know, like I. I don't know. It it just feels like right, like staying <laughs> out of the conversation because you don't have like doesn't feel like a voice within to me. the co- right, yeah. right, and totally like especially right now in the current climate of like everything yeah. is so politically correct and everyone is so like don't talk about it if right. you don't know about it. Yeah, you know, and like you're so afraid of stepping on any toes that you just yeah. don't get involved. And I don't think that's the answer at all. Like. The only, like, conversation that I can actually be involved in from, like, the oppressed side of you is, like, feminism and that shit. But, like, when it comes to race conversations, I totally feel that. Where it's, like, yeah. 
I'm not allowed an opinion because right. I will never experience that oppression ever. And that is totally fair. Like, absolutely. I still would love to be a part of the conversation of like what I can do. Me too. Better. Yeah. But yeah. like, and I'm not one to be like, well, reverse racism and like, oh, uh, right. like, but you know, to me, like the idea of, in order to move forward, these people need to shut up or something. <laughs> like that doesn't that seems yeah. a little backwards. And it's like, I'd like to think that, you know, all perspectives are important, like creating change and stuff. And yeah, there is this very like hush hush attitude right now. You yeah. Know? And I'd like to think like that I do have something to say. You know, and yeah. not saying that it's more important than anything anyone else has to say. Right. But yeah, it's, it's just fucking weird you know like it is weird and it's weird because there's no like one voice that represents the oppressed population you know so like if there was one voice they yeah. could tell you like either shut up or either like say this thing you know but there's conflicting right. point of views from like within the movement of like people that are like if you don't know the experience then you shouldn't be talking about it and then there's people that's like no like they need to be part of the conversation and at least for me i feel like my role in it currently until I, you know, learn otherwise and I'm more educated and more involved in the issues just to, like, support the voices that are coming from the movement, you know, from within the movement and, like, yeah. give them the space to talk and certainly, like, not, like, shouting my opinion over them. It was, like, with the whole yeah. Bernie Sanders, like, the Black Lives Matter protesters... Um, that interrupted his speech and there was so much backlash on Facebook being like, he's the one that like wants to give you a voice and like, he's the best candidate for you. Like you shouldn't be silencing him. And it's like, you like, if I were in their situation, like I, this is like centuries of oppression, you know, like yeah. you can't tell them how and where to be angry. You know, like right. if they want to interrupt anybody, as far as I'm concerned, like, we should not have shit to say about it. Like, yeah, it sucks for yeah. the people that went to the rally, like to hear him speak. And like, it sucks that like, he's, you know, pretty much done at this point. And I think that he would have done good things for that movement, but like they have every fucking right to be pissed and do whatever they want, you know, like, yeah. Especially in like a nonviolent way. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like if that's the like place where they like wanted to be heard and felt like they could be heard, then like, I have no place in telling them to shut up, you know, that like a white male <laughs> like should be speaking for them or over them in that situation. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I just get so stuck in my head. Cause Me too. I, you know, like my initial reaction when I first saw that was obviously like, that seems off. Yeah. Like that seems like <laughs> a contradictory thing. And then I had to check my privilege and be like, oh, wait. <laughs> I will never know racial oppression. Yeah. So it's really not my place to judge. Definitely. It just seems like, um, did you see that? Were you in forum this last semester? I don't take forum. Right. There was just a documentary about, um, the LA riots and, um, it just was like really fucking complicated. And, um, yeah, it was like kind of my first sort of like, I didn't really know anything about what happened, but it was just like a documentary about, you know, Rodney King trials, like the riots, and then talking about a couple of people that were involved and like, I don't know, there was just so much, 
like what happened with the trial horribly fucking racist obviously you know Mm -hmm. but then sort of like a lot of the reaction like with the la riots like just turned into this like black people versus white people Mm -hmm. and like there was just like so many like there was a lot there's just a bunch of horrible shit going i'm just like the least articulate person of all time (laughs) (laughs) but there was you know there was like there's just this one guy i forget what his name was but they they, they just just like found a white guy and just like beat him almost to death you know for being a white guy you know um and it just seemed like that's fucked up, you know? Right. Like, violence, you know, it doesn't seem like... I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to think that violence doesn't need to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. But then, like, you know, the documentary, like, they were interviewing, like, all these black people, and they were saying, like, like, that's easy for you to say, like, as a white yeah. person, but, you, like, you don't understand what it's like to not be heard, you know? And, like, what we had to do to, like, have our point you know, come across. Yeah. And so, I don't know, man. I just left like being really bummed out um, because I was just like, what is my role as a white person in, in the conversation of race? You know, mm-hmm. is it like to apologize? <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah. know? Um, anyways, I, it's just like, you know, the world is complicated. The world is so complicated. <laughs> it's crazy. Cause I'm totally with you. Like, total pacifists love to resolve yeah. issues in nonviolent ways but and i don't think that pacifism is like some naive white privilege thing where it's just yeah. like everyone can get along and hold hands right yeah <laughs> like I, I genuinely believe that that is possible and it is not just something that i'm naively clinging to yeah no i 100 percent agree with that but then also like every single day no matter what we do we yeah. live in privilege you know like every single thing that we've ever been afforded in life comes from a place of privilege and there's nothing you can do about it it's not like well my grandfather you know like came from ireland after you know slavery so i didn't profit from that like we continue to profit from it every single day like there's no there's no way to avoid it yeah it's like you can't like uh, you can't tell these people like not to be violent, you know? Like, you cannot tell an oppressed person how to escape their oppression. You just can't. But also, like, I guess maybe you just support the people who are doing it peacefully. I don't don't fucking know. I don't know the answer, man. I don't know. But also, like, fuck guns, fuck war. Yeah. (laughs) uh, (laughs) And also, I'm sure, like, no one is turning to this podcast to hear my opinion. (laughs) Right. Like, I really need some racial perspective. Like, I wonder what Mac has to say. Oh, man. And then there's the whole, like, there's how many people, how many billions of people on this earth, and, like, we can't continue living with this many people on earth, so, like, maybe violence is what we need. Maybe we just need to, like, all all die out (laughs) so the world can go back to living harmoniously Yeah, as a human-free ecosystem. (laughs) Final solution. Really fucking depressing. Yeah. I don't know, man. So when did you get into singing and stuff? <laughs> what is the what's the smooth transition here? I'll just answer the question. I just put a harp noise in. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's the, I mean. Okay. What do we do? What do I we don't do? Know what do we do? Well, yeah, I, okay. if anyone of uh, the the viewers 
feel feel free to call in right now. Yeah, live tweet me. Yeah, um, <laughs> with a solution. Well, no, I think it's important to talk about this stuff, but I also think I agree. it's like you know, a never-ending conversation. Yeah, but I also yeah. think it's well. There was a part of me that was really sad after that uh, documentary that was just like, oh, it's my whole like. If I'm not fighting for social justice, every fiber of my being all the time, am I just like a waste of existence? You know, <sighs> like is is there a, a career of like playing chords and singing songs and yeah. drinking lemonade? Is that <laughs> just like incredibly indulgent? Right. Choice of lifestyle and like, Dude, I don't know. <laughs> my sister is two years older than me. She just graduated from UW Madison, and she is legitimately like my favorite person in the whole world and she's just the coolest freaking girl like she's just so involved in social justice issues and she's so compassionate and empathetic and constantly aware of her place in society and like what is what she's doing to better the world or otherwise you know and she just like is working with food issues food systems and like how that's involved with social justice things and i just like then going to usc and like digging myself into this hole of debt and like forcing my parents to delay retirement so that i can get a (laughs) degree in popular music performance (laughs) and spend way too much money living in los angeles it's just it's like that can't be a good thing (laughs) that can't be a good thing but I tried the other thing, you know, I like went to UW yeah. Madison and I was like, maybe I'll be a diplomat, you know, like maybe I'll study international relations and learn all these languages and be a good person. And that made me unhappy. <laughs> so now I'm going to be a selfish, bad person. <laughs> and hopefully in the end, I'll make enough money that I can just give it to the organizations <laughs> are going to make the world a better place. Right. Well, I don't think that you're a selfish person. And I don't, I mean, you maybe. You know me very well. <laughs> And maybe I'm just trying to, like, you know, forgive myself for <laughs> choosing to play music and mm-hmm. drink fancy mm-hmm. coffee drinks. <laughs> but, like, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of different ways to help people, you know? Yeah. And I think, like... Music helps people. I, I want to say that, I, and I believe that, but it, it, I, I can just it. hear I all the backlash it. of Dude, just, like... I believe it. Music does help people. Yeah. It's like, I, I genuinely think music has made me a better person, you know, and brought Absolutely. me closer to, like, a lot of people that I wouldn't have, like, known or... Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. And I have, like, I consider doing the nonprofit leadership minor at USC. It's, like, a four-class These minor. These are unreal, by They're the way. They're so <laughs> good. Is there peanut butter in there <laughs> at some point? There's a few different ones. Um, there's wow. two with peanut butter. Yeah, the ones that are covered in chocolate are the peanut butter ones. There's also... Nature's Brew, guys, check it out. Uh, Shouts out for sponsoring this oatmeal, podcast. Oatmeal, white chocolate, and cranberry. Thank you very and much. And chocolate chip. They're so good. Unreal. They're so good. I also live like two blocks away from there, so Ooh. this is an issue that I deal with. I definitely always see you rocking basis. a Nature's Brew cup. Yes. It's not good. <laughs> not a good thing. But the nonprofit thing, yeah. I would love to start my own nonprofit someday. Yeah. My dad started his own nonprofit. He um, is an entomologist, which is the study of insects. Yeah. And he started his nonprofit um, many years ago. I definitely saw you just like holding a praying mantis one day. <laughs> and you were just like I handling it very comfortably. Bugs. I just love 
growing up, yeah, I just fucking loved bugs. <laughs> like playing, I used to sit on my front stoop and play with slugs. Yeah, just like there was just slugs that lived right outside my front door. Heck yeah, and my hands would turn blue from their slime. But that shit is just so cool. Like yeah. they just like function so fucking well. It's nuts. <laughs> like an ant colony, it's incredible. Or bees are mm. the coolest. They're so fucking cool. <laughs> they have a queen, you know? Like That's awesome. They just are this little society and they're so like I mean, they right. kill themselves in an effort to save the colony, like right. attacking humans like that pose a threat. Like that that's just they're so fucking cool. So selfless. I think we should be more like bees. <laughs> Everyone killed themselves. Right. But my dad, so entomologist, very cool man. Yeah. Um, started a nonprofit. And my sister, I think, will go along those lines. You know, just like dedicating herself to bettering the world. Definitely. And I've talked to my sister about like starting a nonprofit with her. Yeah. And I would love to start like in institution for education that was just totally free yeah you know like that i think education should be free for everybody all the time yeah hashtag <laughs> in, the burn. in an ideal world yeah i would love to do something with that and i feel like that could connect with music totally like yeah my dream would be to like tour for a little bit as an opener or something yeah. and get to see the world on somebody else's dime and learn lots of things and then come back and build a tiny house in Utah or Montana or something. And then be able to do like film scoring and songwriting and make enough money to like start a nonprofit and just like help people get an education and learn instruments younger and travel the world younger. And Fuck yeah. But, you know, I'll probably end up living in L.A. for the rest of my life trying to pay off this debt <laughs> and being moderately successful. Yeah in maybe music related thing <laughs> it's an anxious it's a it's an anxious thing you know it's super because yeah. there's no like i mean i i know there's no guarantees like whatever you decide to do but there seems to be just like a whole lot of uncertainty in yeah. the thing that we're trying to do hell yeah and it's it's hard to stay present with it and be like i made music today and that's cool mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah um I don't know. There are just like other paths where I feel like there are more like you do, you know what you have to do. It's like very laid out. Yeah, um, absolutely. But be a doctor, <laughs> be a lawyer, be yeah. a contributing member. I mean, yeah. I've just been waking up like the last month every day just being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like who the fuck cares about my music? Like yeah. how do I get people to care about my music? You know? Yeah. Like how, you know, I, I don't know. I think music can be a very, indulgent lifestyle um especially if you're you know living for trying to get more twitter followers or whatever and mm -hmm. like definitely la there's definitely a lot of like shallow pursuits out there but i don't think that that means that everyone pursuing music is like shallow or uh, narcissistic or something yeah um like there's a lot you know I don't have to explain to people that music is cool. <laughs> music is cool. <laughs> music is cool. Believe it. But um, I, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I'm just, I wake up every day just so terrified that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, music's always going to be a part of my life, but. Yeah. 
I really want it to be the way that uh, I pay the bills, you know? It's just got to be. At it this point, like, we <laughs> have spent so much time and effort and money in this program that it's just, I honestly think that yeah. everyone in this program that really wants to be successful in music mm-hmm. and is willing to work their ass off to do it has yeah. the talent and the ability to be successful on some level. Mm-hmm. Like, just the fact of like how hard every single person that got into the program has had to work to get where they are. Yeah. They have the capacity to do it, and I think that they will do it. It's just the level of success that will vary, I think. Right, and the definition of success like yeah. for different some people. It's right. opening for Maroon 5 at the Staples right. Center. And for some totally. people, it's like, hey, you know, I live this kind of quiet blue-collar lifestyle where I quietly make records. And, yeah, and like you know, teach lessons and that kind teach, of stuff. Teach, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, I just, I don't know up to the individual yeah it's just so righteous just the idea of like that'd be so great like it's getting so to great. make music and yeah i was actually talking to larry scaniello shout out larry, larry. <laughs> my roommate last night about this like the idea of success and like where like you draw the line with like being successful versus like selling out kind of and like doing commercials for something that you don't believe in specifically. Yeah. Like, what do you do in the situation where like you get an offer to sing on like a McDonald's commercial or like a Taco Bell commercial? Like, yeah. Like Beyonce and her like freaking Pepsi campaign. And like these celebrities yeah. that do like soft drink things that like are, they're just detrimental to society. Right. <laughs> like, the new statistic that just came out that 40% of women in this country are obese. Like really? 40% of women, which is now above. I think it used to be the same as men, which was 35%. And mm. now it's 40%. It's climbing. And it's just like a major issue in this country, like health, yeah. nutrition. And then you have these like pop icons that are selling soft drinks. And I've like, never thought about that. I'm sure that she got paid an All incredible amount of money. <laughs> And she probably does some great things with those dollars. She probably does some great things. Yeah. But, like, is that, you know, like, can you justify that? Like, yeah. And then if you have, like, a small, like, singer-songwriter that gets the offer to sing on a freaking fast food commercial where they're going to make more money than they would make in a year, yeah. can you blame them for taking that opportunity? Like, absolutely yeah. not. But I feel like it's a lot more like morally challenging for the you know small person trying yeah. to pay their rent because it's like queen b she's gonna be fine right <laughs> you know she could not do pepsi ads right. and like pretty much live the exact same lifestyle right i don't know how much they paid her but like i don't know because especially like being like there are certain things that i've already done that i know that the punk rock like really fucking opinionated 15 year old version of myself would be like how fucking dare you <laughs> Play on that pop gig, you piece of shit. Yeah. What happened to you? I thought you were real, man. You know? And me and Larry mm-hmm. were actually having a conversation about this. Like, we were like, would you drop out of school to go and tour with, like, X artist? Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. we were trying to find, like, who we wouldn't tour with. Yeah. You know? Because it's like, okay, Queens of the Stone Age, knock on your door. Will you play bass for us? Yes. Any, yes. Of course. That would be amazing, you know? And then we were like, all right, Katy Perry. And then it's like... That'd be pretty hard to turn down. I don't listen yeah. to Katy Perry records. I don't think that they're shitty. Like I, right. it's just not personally for me. Right. It'd be pretty hard to turn down a Katy Perry right. tour. You know, because that you just you just be set for like a good while. Yeah. You'd like meet some people. You get to tour. Like play music. Sounds pretty Absolutely. great. And then we we kept just like 
finding like, all right, would you tour with like Tori Kelly? And it was like, ooh, she's like not that famous. Yeah. I don't really listen to that music. And it's just like, you know, finding yeah. what level of, because there's like an artistic like need that needs to be met where it's like, oh, I want to make good art, yep. <laughs> you know, but I also want to eat and yep. just like the different sacrifices that you have. I mean, obviously those would be cool problems to have, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, cause I don't know. I want to make music, but I, there are just certain things that, you know, that I'm not stoked about doing that I know I'm going to have to do. And it'd just be weird to be like presented with that type of opportunity where I know that the 12, if I told 12 year old Mac and I was touring with <laughs> Katy Perry, he'd like, it'd be so sad, <laughs> you know, oh, but wow. you know, 20 year old Mac and like, that sounds pretty great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that sounds fucking awesome. You know? So it's just, it's weird, you know, cause yeah. there's artistic integrity involved. And then there's also, yeah, if you get, you know, called to do totally. a commercial or something where it's like, I don't believe in that at all, you know? Yeah. And you're like legitimately advertising it with your voice. You're drawing all the children in <laughs> <laughs> with your sweet melodies. <laughs> yeah. Just to sell them things they cannot afford and they do not need. But it's weird because it's like, but if I do that, I might be able to then you right. know, make a record. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> Where? <laughs> this, I'm getting excited because this is like the issue. This, this is, is the what issue. do you do? What do you? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know either. That's and weird. It's like you can talk about it, but until you're actually presented with the opportunity, you don't know what you will do. Right. Because I think part of it is like, okay, I'm an adult. You know, I'm not the... Tw- the 12 year old like idealist right. <laughs> anymore you know like there's a lot of stuff that if, if i'm too proud to do i'm not gonna be able to do anything yeah you know but yeah then it's and also like, like 20 year old you has rent you know exactly like, that's a thing. yeah and like but i also don't want to just completely sell my soul and have it crushed right and then it's like you do it once with the idea that's like well with money from this Slippery i'm slope. gonna yeah record yeah. my ep that you know whatever and it is. It's a slippery slope. You yeah. never know. It's rocky. That I, that's why, like, I'm glad to be like a musician though, and like a writer, because I feel like you do have some. Like, imagine like being an actor, you know, where you're constantly doing other people's yeah. scripts, you know, and not really always having a hand in the voice of what's being said, huh. you know. And there's just a lot less control over that. You yeah, know? and you're literally. Every day making money like being somebody else. Like you're literally paid <laughs> to be not you. Yeah. And so like I did like a little acting in high school, but like the thing that and you know, I've plenty of friends that are actors and that mm-hmm. is like their thing and I obviously respect it's great. But mm-hmm. one thing I like about being a musician is like I get to be myself, you know. And yeah. that, that gets rewarded and I get to say what I feel like saying, you know. Totally. And that's righteous. That is righteous. I don't think I could ever do acting. Acting yeah. is such like a strange thing for me. I mean, I have a lot of respect for actors. Yeah. No problem. Fuck actors. <laughs> Can I just say one thing on this podcast? <laughs> Fuck them all. Fuck the Greek system. Fuck actors. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not judgmental. <laughs> just, oh, man. Yeah. The most joking. But, yeah, I don't think I could ever do acting. My parents thought I, I would be a good actor when I was a kid because yeah. I was so, like, outgoing and... Really? Goofy, yeah. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> well, not that you're like, you never talk ever, but you seem very much like, you know, you're doing your own thing. Yeah. You're like a very outgoing kid. I was. I was, I mean, I had like 
three older siblings, you know, and yeah. like I was just a goofy kid. Like I really enjoyed making people smile. Yeah. And I was just a little comedian. And my parents <laughs> sent me to an acting class when I was a little kid Yeah. at the uh, university. And it was one of those things where you <laughs> spend two hours going around the room as different characters being like a tree or the wind <laughs> or a dog. I did not like that. <laughs> yeah. That's when I decided acting was not for me. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. I was the same way as a kid. Like I have two older sisters and like I was very like any home movie is just me like desperately yeah. like in the like trying to do a dance or something to like make my parents laugh or something. Dude, in kindergarten in kindergarten, um, we got split up into groups and assigned plays. Yeah. And uh, I was in the group that did the three Billy Goats Gruff and I was the troll. <laughs> Amazing. And there is a video somewhere <laughs> that exists that I hope never resurfaces. Oh, but yeah. my parents bring it up all the time. Like Amazing. at family gatherings, they discuss the uh, who's that trip trapping <laughs> over my bridge experience. That's amazing. Yeah. From what I hear, I nailed it. <laughs> so. One thing you said earlier, like, like you have like a lot of hobbies and you like get to do like a bunch of cool stuff and like. That's one thing I kind of miss about high school. Like in high school, I, I yeah. got to wear all these different hats and, you know, you could be on the track team, you know, yeah. you could be in the choir, you could do a bunch of shit that was awesome. And one thing that I feel like has been a weird bummer about college is like, I, I really like being dedicated to one thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, I'm going to nail this. I'm going to nail this one thing. Yeah. And I was like, I've definitely spread too thin in high school and it's cool to be focused, but it's also like, I don't really have hobbies, you know? Yeah. I like, Music was my hobby, and now it's my job. And, like, obviously I love music, but it's just it's weird when it becomes the center of your attention. It's, like, also how I escape and decompress and, like, spend my time, like, listening. I don't know. It's weird. And yeah, this podcast has actually probably been, like, my first, like, hobby in a while. <laughs> nice. Know? Which is why it's been really, like, nice. Like, yeah, I was telling myself, like, I have no time for anything, you know, which mm -hmm. is what everyone tells himself yep. all the time. I tell myself that. No matter how busy I am, I could be crazy busy or not that busy. I'm like, I don't have time for that shit, you know? Yeah. It's hilarious. Like, I've had all the time in the world this summer. And, like, there's no time to exercise today. Like, <laughs> I got, sh you don't have yep. shit to do, Mackin. You're going to watch Avatar <laughs> on your laptop. That is shit to do. Oh, yeah. Got to get through all those seasons. Um, what was I saying? Was the right hobbies. There? All the hobbies. Yeah, it's nice to ha so anyway, so I just, I just magically found like 5 hours a week to do this podcast. Yeah. You know? Totally. Um, That's something that I like really freaking miss in my life yeah. is being able to do all those things. I bought the setup stuff, like I have a couple of butane torches and stuff to do the metal work and like I've done yeah. some stuff but mostly just like little trinket things. Yeah. I just don't have don't have the time that I used to have. It's sucks. hard. I know. I like want to join a soccer team yeah. and like do a play yeah. and Dude. like join the rock climbing club. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know? That like drives me nuts because that was one of the reasons that I did like the idea of USC was that like I didn't want to go to Berkeley College of Music because Only music. I wanted yeah I wanted to get the balanced education and I declared a Spanish minor, but I haven't had time to take any of those classes at USC yet. 
Right. And there's so many other classes that I want to take, like the nonprofit leadership shit. And like, yeah, I got really into like programming websites and stuff last summer. Hell and yeah. like, I want to take classes in that. And I want to get back into doing my like studio art. And like, I fucking love pottery. Yeah. Like, I want to yeah. do that shit. Yeah. And like when I first started at USC, I was on the Frisbee team. Really? For like eight months. And then I sprained my knee and I was like, this is the perfect excuse. I'm done. Damn. <laughs> I'm out. But I would love to do that again. You know? And I just yeah. like, that's the thing is like, I'm paying so much money to go to the school and there's so many opportunities that I'm not taking advantage of because yeah. I have like the full-time job going on and that stuff. Yeah. But like at what point, like I, I don't think I could justify like not having a job when I have this job, you know, like I couldn't justify leaving that job while I have it because yeah. I couldn't have a better job at my age. But at the same time, it's like if I'm paying, you know, what is it like $60,000 to go to USC yeah. and I'm making X thousand dollars at this job every year. Like does that X thousand dollars from the job really make sense? Like when I'm already taking out loans to be in school and it's taking so many hours away from these other things that I could be doing. Like I could just take out bigger loans and right. not have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's know. wacky. And it's like, I, I want to do all this stuff, but I also want to like, you know, I'm here to make music, you know, right. and like I want right. to really get that done. But yeah. it's like, also I'm a human being, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you are. And I want, oh boy. <laughs> uh, and you know, I want to have time to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. It's funny because my parents, I think, got a little bit concerned about me in that aspect, <laughs> like in the first couple of years, just with being so busy between work and school and stuff. Like I don't socialize really. And just in the yeah. past, like three years of my life, I went from like being a more outgoing person into being more introverted. Just like I'm very like one track mind, like got to get shit done. Yeah. And I enjoy socializing, but I don't really enjoy the whole like party scene when I have so much going on where yeah. like the entire time that I'm having a superficial conversation with somebody who's very intoxicated. I'm yeah. like, I could be at home writing this thing or yeah. I could be at home practicing guitar or I should be at home answering emails, doing all this shit. It's right. like my parents are like, you don't have any friends. <laughs> like, I have friends. I just don't hang out with them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then it's like, I moved to LA to do this thing, to do this yeah. thing that is being, a musician, but socializing and collaborating is part of that, you know? Definitely. I don't know, man. It's hard. I'm in a similar know. kind of, I've had a similar trajectory. Like yeah. when I was or like kind of late, uh, early high school, I would say, I was like really into partying. I was like, yeah, you know? Yeah. You know, I grew up pretty like lonely kid, didn't have many friends. So when, when that became available, I was like, that would make me cool. So I'll do it, please. <laughs> And just like, it was weird because I was in this one relationship in high school where, um, so I started bringing this girl to parties and stuff like that, you know, mm -hmm. and like introducing her to like that whole scene. And then I like, as I started to kind of change and become like more of a dork and like, you know, join the <laughs> improv team and got more into like playing board games than like the improv team. The, oh, it was a team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm got, on a team. <laughs> Mom. I'm on a team. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um sorry no you're right <laughs> it's great it's thank a you team. it's great it is great thank you admirable oh sports sorry. um 
<laughs> no, it's just like <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> okay, but you were saying right. the list of things. Well, I was on actual scenes also, yeah, but <laughs> totally. I was cool. I, I swear. I believe you. Man, um, <laughs> sorry. No, I loved it. I I I got less and less into like kind of partying and going out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because like my the girlfriend I was dating at the time just got more into it, you know. So there's this weird reversal mm. thing where she started to get invited to stuff that I wasn't invited to, oh. and and and. It, Ending kind of bad and weird and a lot of other things that don't need to be talked yeah. about on the podcast, but um, but it was weird, you know. And I like most people go to college and kind of have this like I go crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, <laughs> have this very like explore, you know, get a lot more nuts and stuff. And I kind of like did the opposite thing where it's like I think I really like sleeping a lot and you know and like yes. kind of quietly just like maybe reading or like yeah. <laughs> you know or like I don't know. It was weird, and I think. It's, it was interesting coming here, and I'm I'm kind of known as like a like a shut in, like oh like Mackin doesn't want to hang out, like he's probably gotta go home, like and go to bed. I'm like yeah, you're damn right, <laughs> like I'm, dude, same. And kind Absolutely. of a, or like a prude or something like that, and uh, it's just weird because it's I think people think that I've always sort of been like that, and mm-hmm. I was kind of like pretty nuts as far as uh, that type of stuff goes when I was like fifteen, sixteen. Um, and kind of just like, as a result of a lot of different things, just kind of, I don't know, calmed down a lot and like found yeah. like, oh, I'm actually like a lot happier, like playing board games with <laughs> fucking <laughs> love guys. board games. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Sellers of Woo! Favorite Friday night activity. My oh my God. Yeah. So I don't know. It was, ju- it's just, um, anyways. Yeah. I mean, I've found just in the past like two months, there was like a moment in my life where I just was like, you know what? I'm too fucking stressed out all the time. Like I can feel my fucking blood pressure rising. I'm so stressed out. And so then I had like a night and I like got very intoxicated. And then I was like, you know what? I can find a happy medium between these two things. Yeah. Because you need stress release. That's also like, yeah, we're here to learn and stuff, but also like be human beings and have friendships and relationships and enjoy the world, you know? Totally. There's nothing. It's hard to like, it's very easy to be like, oh, there's no time for this and that to cut around and be super efficient. But it's like, also miserable. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's funny, too, because, like, coming from high school and, like, my family, my parents are great. They're very supportive, but also, like, very kind of, like, academically geared. You know, they were yeah. very concerned when I dropped out of college and moved to Los Angeles. And during high school, like, A's were just expected as grades, you know, like it was just, that was how my family was. Like my sister is a freaking genius, super smart. And then coming to USC and being like, I know nothing about music. Like this is going to be really fucking hard. I'm actually going to have to study, which is new to me. (laughs) And, uh, but I'm still like, so in that like mindset of like GPA matters when it doesn't really matter. It's so weird. But I mean, it still matters to some extent because of like scholarship stuff, but like, it is it's so weird like how much money or how much time i would spend like doing homework and like i don't i can't not do my homework like i just i can't like not exactly. turn in an assignment i can't like miss class like that's just not totally doesn't that's not how it works for me yeah. but just in this past month in the past month being like you know what i need to just skip an assignment and i'm gonna go to sleep an hour early instead or i'm gonna go yeah. hang out with friends or i'm gonna go to a show like i need to find the balance 
still you gotta take on care it. of yourself you yeah know? And absolutely like, that's super valuable <laughs> yeah i don't know i've definitely spent like many uh, years like just absolutely just running myself dry you know like, yeah because me like taking care of myself so far down on my priority list that mm-hmm. i just make myself miserable you know and like I, like assigning all my self-worth to my gpa and yeah. like accomplishments like on that i could put on my college resume or whatever you know yeah. and then just like but also for some weird reason also finding plenty of time for a girlfriend <laughs> which was really weird so I, w- I had this weird so i would be like super involved at school also have a girlfriend but then like not be taking care of myself you know yeah it was i don't know, strange times but yeah what was i gonna say dude my brain is not working right now but <laughs> saturday morning summertime lazy june gloom los angeles it's hard to focus yeah that's something that i have like very successfully avoided i would say since moving to los angeles like especially after like the last you know disastrous relationship like i love being in relationship as a person like yeah i find a lot of comfort there but i also don't really like being comfortable at this time in my life like it feel like i changed Mm. a lot of my trajectory around the person that i was with in my last relationship and that in hindsight like really freaks me out like i hate that idea that that i change yourself for the person yeah or that i'll change like my dreams right and my motivation you know like that makes me very uncomfortable and like i found that it's very easy to not be in a relationship and like especially when you have so many friends and like you have so much love in your life to like not fall in love is like it's pretty easy and you miss it sometimes but it like really sucks so much of your time and energy yeah to be so dedicated to another person that you think about them it's okay it's so funny to say out loud now like thinking about another person more than you think about yourself <laughs> is exhausting but it it yeah. is like to be constantly aware of somebody else's emotions and it's so funny that everybody our age does it all the time yeah you know and it's like people my age are married with babies right now like that to me is so scary and if that works for them that is awesome because biologically that's what we're supposed to do yeah mentally i could not handle it (laughs) yeah it's weird i'm trying like this is kind of the first period of my life where i've i'm both not in a relationship and not also like because over the last like i would probably say like four or five years i've either been in a relationship or been like extremely attached to one person that i wasn't in a relationship with but just Mm -hmm. constantly like you know fantasizing about and like just still spending that same amount of energy thinking about that person yeah um and also like outsourcing my sense of like self-worth you know to Mm -hmm. like some girl you know to to come and tell me that i'm not broken and that i'm like you know a good person and that i'm like doing valid things you know and Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting because i definitely like lean towards relationships and i i'm i'm like really trying to find more internal sense of validation and be like i you know i can be that person that (laughs) you know yeah that you know and not yeah not to kind of always like look Relationships are great, but I just feel like that's maybe not a healthy way to go into a relationship. Like, all like depending on that person to you know approve you, approve me, yeah, and validate yeah. me, and tell me that I'm like 
okay all the time, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it'd be a lot better to just like, you know, have someone that just like inspires you and stuff. And that's great too. But yeah, totally. It's, I don't know. It's funny how it's like worked for me though. Like not being in a relationship. There are times where I can totally get that like validation from myself yeah. and my own sort of like just doing my own thing and being happy with being me. But then it also like not having that one person who really matters to you, whose like opinion really matters to you. Yeah kind of spreads that amongst all of your peers and so you just like are suddenly like self-conscious in front of everyone you know whereas like when you're in a relationship and you know that that one person is gonna love you like it lets you be more yourself around everybody else and like you don't have to dress up and you don't like really give a shit what you look like because you're not trying to appeal to anybody else yeah there's no right answer man (laughs) Yeah, but I, I, I like the idea of me being, like, more capable of taking care of myself. And it's obviously, like, you know, we're human beings. We need people, you know? Yeah. It's not like I'm trying to become an island or something. Like, well. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, I definitely, like, spend a lot of time in here very intentionally because I hate everybody. But Right. But, I, I, you know, I like the idea of me not, like, being in a relationship because I need to be in a relationship or something. Yeah. Um and me being like more okay like you know being myself and doing my thing yeah and like also that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot better place to enter a relationship from not like desperately needing one or something to yeah feel like worthy of being a person or something absolutely absolutely it's and it's weird. it's cool <laughs> to get to the point too where you can like do shit alone you know like oh yeah i love going to concerts alone oh, i fucking love that's it that's my thing that's always been my thing though like because sometimes i love a band too much to where i don't have any friends that e- love that band equally mm. and if i go see the show with them bum you out bum you out because yeah. you're just like worried about them the whole time and their experience yeah. and they're like they don't get it they're texting they're like wait what's this well, I don't even understand. You're just like, I just, uh, eh. yeah, I went and saw the, I was at this one, like really lame leadership camp. Like when I was in high school, it was like very, like I had like a college counselor who was not a good person. Was it a leadership team? Was <laughs> yeah. anything that had team in the title, I'd like had to be a part of it. <laughs> right. Um, it was fucking weird. It was a waste of time, and I think this guy just, like, stole a lot of people's money. Um, but it was, like... It w- I definitely grew up in that high school culture of, like, finding, like, living your life in a way to put it on an application, you mm-hmm. know? And I lived in a lot of ways, like, to counter that, you know, by, like, playing in garage, like, punk bands, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But I also definitely did a lot of that desperate, like, oh, I gotta be a part of this club because whatever yeah um and i just like i was sitting at this camp and i was like the fuck am i doing here you know it was in la and um they like you know they like had your keys and stuff like that and it it was like four or five days of the camp and i was like this is horrible like i'm not learning anything like this whole thing is like a really weird masquerade like where they're pretending to it was just a weird time um i met some cool people but it was a weird time and like the postal service was playing at their greek and I was just like, yo, like, fuck this place. And I, and like, that was my first favorite band ever. Like, I was like 11 or 12 years old. And my cousin, who I would play World wow. of Warcraft with all the time, like, 
burned me the Postal Service CD, and I was just like, that made me like want to make music. I was like, what? I don't. I heard the song Sleeping In, and I was like, oh, that's such a good first favorite band. Oh, oh, and then it was followed by a lot of like <laughs> System of a Down and Rob Zombie and mm. like a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, and so but just going to that concert alone. So I ended up like sneaking out and like leaving this camp. Oh my god, <laughs> little rebel! Dude, it was good great. for you. It was, oh, that's it was a very a good liberating story. moment because it was it was like a choice of like, okay, do I want to live my life to like appease this idea of like success and accomplishment? Because if I you know stayed at that camp, I, I'm like right doing something that is so clearly fucking pointless to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Or it could be, like, seeing one of my favorite bands of all time, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, like, being inspired and having a g- great time. Yeah. And, man, like, I, I had a fake ID at the time, and I bought, like, a beer Whoa. and, like, a grilled cheese sandwich, and I just remember sitting, like, alone, having a grilled cheese sandwich, watching Ben Gibbard, like, sing The District Sleeps Alone Tonight, and just being, like... Fuck. I'm like, like I'm gonna make more of these types of decisions than the other. Yeah, this is going on the inside of your album cover. This story, (laughs) so good. Well, and just like, and and because I was at that concert alone, I was able to have this really precious relationship with watching it, and like I could kind of like go a lot deeper, you know. Mm Then, but then there's something obviously amazing about if you're like going to see one of your favorite bands, like with all your friends that also fucking love that band. Yeah. And then you're together, and all your joy is like coming together, and it's like becomes bigger, and Mm. that's amazing too. But I so feel the solo concert thing, like just music in general, however you see it. Yeah. I hope you love it. Yeah, I went to uh, Paul Simon last week. How was that? It was incredible. It was oh so fucking good. I was so stoked. I saw that I have like the bands in town app, you know, and like yeah, got the notification. Course. And I had been watching the tickets on StubHub because yeah, it didn't sell out. But it was one of those things where there was like a big rush to buy all the tickets initially because everybody thought it was going to sell out. I think it maybe eventually sold out like the day of the show or something. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but so I like watched the StubHub tickets and bought them the day of the show. Like, so I got good seats for a relatively good price and I was going to go alone. But then like a bunch of my roommates, I told them I was going and they were all like, oh yeah, let's make it a thing. And they all wanted to go and it was great. Like we had a great time. We went to Whole Foods first and got a picnic and, you know, went and ate and shit. But like there was like a saga events leading up to the show that had us like running late. And then we got to the show a little bit late and Blake Mills was opening but it just said like featuring Blake Mills. Like I didn't really know if he was going to do a set at the beginning or if he right. was just going to play with him. And we were sitting like literally directly outside the theater and you didn't hear any music going on. The show was supposed to start at 7.30, but then StubHub said it started at 8. So I was like, okay, it's so, like doors are at 7.30, show starts at 8. This is fine. And so we went inside at 8 and there's nobody on the stage. And then like 15, 20 minutes later, Paul Simon comes out. And we fucking missed Blake Mills' opening set. And I was like, I don't blame this on the people that I came with at all. Because I was sitting directly outside the theater if I wanted to walk in. I totally had the power. But if I had gone alone, I would have been inside at 730 because that's how I do concerts. That's how I do it. (laughs) And I don't regret my decision to go with people. And he brought out Blake Mills later on in the show. And he played. But like... Oh, I had, like that moment when I realized that he had already played like we were sitting there and I was like okay there's nobody on stage but it doesn't make sense that doors are at 730 and nobody is playing until 
eight twenty. You know, yeah. like that doesn't make sense. And so I checked Instagram. I was like, hashtag Blake Mills. Right. Checked it. Somebody had posted a picture and been like watching Blake Mills at the Hollywood Bowl right now. And I, I like literally like almost teared up. I was like, yeah, I, this is the worst. <laughs> it was like I was sitting right outside and like you didn't hear any music playing. Oh, it crushed me. It crushed me. And it was that moment where I was like then like surrounded by friends who are all so, like still super pumped because like Blake Mills isn't their favorite artist. <laughs> yeah. And that was just like, oh man, that's just one of those things. <laughs> but it's okay because I had already yeah. seen him in concert and I still got to see him later that night. Yeah. It's still an incredible show. Right. But I feel you. you know. I, I've had that experience where everyone, you know, people want to go to dinner and they want to have drinks and it's yeah. like, the doors have been open like for an hour. Like, and if I'm going alone, like I'm going to show up like two hours early if it's general admission, like, cause I want to yeah. be front row for Father John Misty or whatever. Yeah. I'm seeing, hell you know? yeah. And sometimes like if you're not with like, it's just hard being like a hardcore fan of someone yes. and then like going to a concert with like not hardcore fans. Cause yes. it's like a very different experience Absolutely. that they're going to the concert for, you know? Yeah. Um, how is Paul Simon though? Oh my God. So good. Yeah. Played three encores. Oh, shit. Three, yeah. The last of which was just him, solo, guitar, sound of silence. So fucking good. It was so good. It was such That's like... Unreal. Especially with this year, like with all of like the great epic artists dying. Yeah. I was like, I have got to see every single show that I can get my hands on. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Like, God, please let that man hold on until I can see him live. Yeah. Oh, I would pay any amount of money at this point to see him. He man. is like my... I saw him okay. back in the day. <sighs> but this is kind of a sad story. I was like, I was like twelve or something. He was doing like a Christmas show at mm-hmm. Nokia Theater. Bunch of people that were opening up for him that hadn't really hit the scene yet. Like John Legend was there, Shit. and Janelle Monae was Shit. there. Like before, really, they like blew up. And I was like, oh, these people are really cool. Look at you. But my dad, like, uh, I think my sister was falling asleep or something, and like my dad made us leave like halfway through, and it was like. Like, Dad, like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, no, like, kids falling asleep. It's time to go home. <sighs> and, like, be, like, Stevie Wonder would come out, do a couple songs, then go back. And then, like, right. a comedian would come. It was kind of a super weird show. But, he's like, an old dude. He's an old dude. And so he would come and do a couple songs. Like, I got to see, see him do Ave Maria, though, which was, like, so great. Because, like, that, Chris, that Christmas album, like, was constantly, like, as soon as, like, Thanksgiving was over till like, Hell yeah. January, like, that was the only thing that oh. was playing in my house. And so, like, um, that was really cool. But I will, like, forever regret, like, you know, not getting to see, yeah. <laughs> like, the, pretty much the second half of the Stevie Wonder concert. Damn. You know? So, it's a bummer. But. Yeah. I miss, like, last year or the year before, they did, like, the Stevie Wonder tribute thing it was i think it was like a grammy event you know it wasn't like the grammys but it was like the grammy foundation event i think maybe but it was like india ari and janelle monet and all these incredible i don't know if like lauren hill was there maybe but it was like you know the tribute to stevie wonder that's like that probably would have been the show for me to go to if there was ever a show for me to go to i didn't go yeah but you learn from your mistakes next time i'm going yeah i missed wolfpack tickets for this you know, they're coming, they're playing, and I'm like, you know, desperately checking Craigslist all the time. Mackin, I have an extra ticket. Really? Yeah. Can I please buy it? Yes, you can. Okay. Um, here's the thing. So I was supposed to go with my friend, Griffin Kisner. I'm going to send you this podcast so you can listen to the whole thing until this <laughs> moment where I shit on you for backing <laughs> out of my concert. 
Um, so I, so I'm doing the, like the writing 150 thing, you know, which is like Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right. in the middle of the day. And so I was like, I'll go Thursday night because they're playing Wednesday night and they're playing Thursday night. Yeah. And I was like, I'll go Thursday night and then I can like party it up and Ooh. stay out late, and I won't have class the next day. Um, but then Thursday was out of tickets. And so then I was like, okay, I just got to buy the tickets for Wednesday right now and I'll figure it out later. Yeah. So I bought two tickets for Wednesday. So like Griffin's going to go with me. So I'll get two tickets. And then I don't know if it was last week, but more tickets went out on Ticketmaster. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Too late also. I, and they got out, they went out for Thursday. So I snagged two for that too. Hell yeah. Too, Cause I was like, I'll go both nights or I'll Ooh. sell two and go to the other night and we'll figure it out. Yeah. And then I texted Griffin Kisner last night and I was like, Griffin, you're still down, right? Because now I got tickets for both nights. What are we going to yeah. do? And he was like, I fucking double booked myself. I've got two things that I have to do on Thursday now that, and so it's like, I can't go to the show. And Wednesday, he's like, maybe going to be able to get somebody to cover his other gig that he has for Wednesday. But so right now, I have two tickets for Wednesday and two tickets for Thursday. Oh, shit. So Damn. you let me know when you want to go. I'm the most down. Like, I'll let you, like, think about that, you know? And if, okay. if your friend, like, you know, definitely. Well, yeah. If, if like, he ends up coming, it'll Absolutely. be Wednesday night, and then I have two for Thursday, so. I'm super down. Hell yeah. Sick. Thank you. But I also yeah. don't want to, like, hold you to that if you, like, leave and you go, oh, fuck, I was just being oh, polite. Fuck. <laughs> God <laughs> I don't damn hang it. out with Mackin. Okay, well, <laughs> all you viewers, uh, ask Mackin if he ended up going to the Wolfpack show yeah. oh, when no, this I'm comes gonna, out. I'm going to hold you to it. It was yeah. recorded. The offer yeah, was recorded. Yeah, it's, so. it's on there. No, this is <laughs> definitely definitely i'll take you Thanks. totally oh i'm so stoked for that show by the way it's so gonna be great fucking excited no and then oh. I'll, re- I'll return the favor and then we'll I'll, we'll see some other cool yeah. show that's coming to town dude wolfpack is the shit there's i don't know much about so them good. at all but they're like oh my god when i texted you like and you made me that super dope playlist yeah. like they're just so fucking good and so funky i know i didn't see them when they were here i was pretty pissed like dude yeah i mean oh when they were at usc yeah yeah the party they also did like their album release show at the Teragram in the fall. Really? I saw that. Fuck. So good. Fucking Blake Mills showed up. Really? Yeah. Damn. And I had just seen him the week before when he played at the Palace Theater downtown. And then yeah. this was the day that their album came out. And I had been at work all day and I hadn't gotten to listen to it yet. And so like I hadn't right. heard a bunch of the new shit. And I didn't know that Blake Mills was on the album. And so I got to the show. I went alone, by the way. <laughs> Dude. And... Blake Mills walked out and I lost my shit. It was so <laughs> fucking good. That's oh awesome. my God. It was so good. And the opener, Joey Dosick, seen him a bunch. He's also incredibly talented. And Theo Katzman, who like plays guitar um, and sings on Christmas in LA on yeah. the album. He's like lives in LA, is always playing around, gigs around, does his own That's thing. That's super sick. Yeah. Two of them still live in Michigan, uh, Joe mm-hmm. Dart and Woody Goss. So when they come to LA, I get so excited. Oh <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, Ben Folds alone the other night. Nice, unreal, you know. And then like super randomly, Kesha came out out of nowhere. Whoa! And like sang a bunch of Ben Folds songs. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like amazing, you know. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and I, I was like, Kesha, like, am I excited about this? <laughs> like, her, she was dope. Like, it was really cool. There's yeah, a I really cool video of her in high school singing. Uh, Karma Police by Radiohead. Really? Yeah. I don't like know much about her music, but definitely just kind of the peripheral opinion is just like, you know, whatever pop singer. Um, but I think she's super dope. Like, yeah. I don't know. But it was crazy. Huh. It was like... She sounded good? Yeah. She... I mean, it wasn't like Blake Mills. Like, it wasn't like right. one of my heroes coming out. I don't know. Like, but it was pretty rad. Huh. You know? 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever like listened to Kesha intentionally in my life. So me neither. It was. It seemed like a very strange. <laughs> yeah, collab. collaboration. But it was dope. It was rad. Where did you see him? Uh, I saw him at the Orpheum, which I had never been to before mm, downtown. Yeah, it's like a cool theater. Yeah, I've never been there, but I've heard of it. It was rad. Because I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl recently, which nice. I don't know. You're, I kind of hate the Hollywood Bowl. Really? It's kind of the worst. Mm. Um, just because it's like, I've just seen like a lot of people there where I'm really trying. Like I saw Neutral Milk Hotel there. Oh, okay. And it was a bummer. Yeah. Like, because people at the Hollywood Bowl, it's like a super famous venue. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's, you know, people are more there to like drink wine and like talk, you know. Yeah. As opposed to like watch the music that's happening. Yeah. And it's, um, I always just feel like a little distant from what's happening. Yeah. And, like, um. It's cool. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's it probably depends weird. on where you sit. Like, either you are literally distant from what's happening oh, or yeah. you're, like, up close <laughs> with people who... It's funny. It's one of those venues where, like, the people that are sitting close are not necessarily the people that want to be there right. the most. Like, they're just like, you know, I got my little box and my wine and my that's cheese. Exactly. And, my- and that that's kind of the vibe I get every time I go to the Hollywood Bowl is yeah. that there's a lot of people that are just kind of, like, more Hollywood Bowl fans yeah. than they are Ben Folds 5 fans. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's, I don't know, I've, I've seen some cool shows there, but I've also seen some, like, bummer shows there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, for, like, Neutral Milk Hotel, too, that's different. Like, when I go to see Paul Simon, I expect to see him at a spot like the like the yeah. Hollywood Bowl, you know, where it's, and like... he's that type of massive artist right. where he can fill that exactly. space. Exactly. Yeah, know? like, Neutral the classic... Neutral Milk Hotel you want to see right. in, like, your living room. Totally. <laughs> you know? Totally. But there's, at the end of the summer, Sigur Rós. Yeah. Do you listen to them? I don't. Oh, my God. So cool. They're so good. Yeah. I am definitely going to go to that one. Hell it's yeah. They're like big orchestra, you know, like super sick. I think they're from Iceland, maybe. I feel like I've heard a lot of people talk about them. but They're really, really good. But they, I think, will do very well at that venue. But, I yeah. mean, like a smaller, like, I would not go. I mean, I would go to see Wolfpack if they played the Hollywood Bowl. But right. I would not expect them to play that kind of venue. Yeah, it's know? a different environment i don't know it's just yeah. like it's weird it is it is different next month um they're doing the like harry potter yeah screening with yeah. the orchestra playing sold out like yeah. immediately i that's another one that i'm sitting on StubHub for but yeah probably won't end up going because it's like do you want to pay 40 bucks to <laughs> see, <laughs> see that i mean yes yeah but like john williams it was like so incredible especially since i've been getting more into the idea of like scoring films and stuff because you can live anywhere you want and do that shit remotely oh yeah it's really cool i would love to see that but and that's a great thing for the hollywood bowl movie screening with the live orchestra yeah i saw some like um like they did uh like planets by like holtz or whatever um this classical piece where he like wrote it was a lot of stuff like john williams was super like you listen to it like that and then you're like oh this guy was clearly like when he was writing the star wars stuff like, yeah su- super into this um but it was cool because they had all these like i don't know there was like 3d like footage that like nasa had put together like of like theoretically like what the planets looked like so there's like a bunch of movements for like individual planets and then on the screen it was like all this crazy Ooh. like nasa footage of the actual planets and it was like it was pretty cool cool yeah it that was is nice. cool 
But I did want to ask you, even though I like asked you in the middle of our very intense race conversation, <laughs> I was like, to try to you know change. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I'm genuinely curious about how you got into yeah. making music and things. Uh, let's see. I think the first song that I remember writing that I like typed up the lyrics to yeah. was in fifth grade <laughs> because my great uncle was dying of leukemia, and I wrote a song about it. And I gave it to my mom and I was like, you should send this to him. And it was like really dark. Like, I'm going to miss you when you're dead. And she was like, this is so sweet, but I am not going to send this to him because this is really depressing. And I don't want to like send him something that's like, when you die soon, (laughs) I'm going to miss you. And I wasn't particularly close to him, um, but like we had gone to his house every year for Christmas growing up and like. It was just my first experience with death in the family. Yeah, at that age, <laughs> that was the That's first a, song. A beautiful story. Yeah, I mean, it's a little like, I don't know. It it was like my way of dealing with it, but it was also my yeah. way of like, it, like it wasn't really something that I've had to deal with. Like having closer members of the family die at this age in my life, like it makes me look back on that being like kind of like, I guess it's it's nice in the like I was probably too young to think about those things anyways and like that was my way of dealing with the process but it seems a little bit like shallow like my like first creation coming out of something like really sad for other people in my life and like it seems like I was kind of pretending to be sad when I didn't really understand it but yeah that's probably it you know yeah self-deprecating <laughs> outlook on the whole thing <laughs> I, that seems like really like profound and beautiful, you know. I I was at a funeral for my uh, uncle a couple years ago, and it was interesting, like watching the little kids. You know, they like clearly didn't understand really death yet. You yeah. Know? And they were looking around and seeing people cry, and they were like trying to make themselves cry. Yeah. You know, to like fit in, and they were totally. like not understanding that like you know big guy wasn't gonna be around anymore. Yeah. You know? And it was just like. I don't know, but I don't think that's a, you know, the first song I wrote was <laughs> about like this candy princess, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like every part of the castle was made out of different desserts and treats. I wrote it with How my, old were you? I was, I was really young. I don't know if that was the first song I wrote, but like it was my, my uncle, um, who was in this like nineties grunge band, um, was just like over and I was like, I was like seven or something. <laughs> nice so i don't know i feel like you're on the right yeah I'm, i mean maybe i wrote shit before that that's the first song that i like remember writing and then after that yeah. that was like fifth grade and then in sixth grade i started writing with one of my friends who played the piano bailey flanagan she's a great musician um we wrote a song called cherry flavored kiss that i still remember some Ooh. of yeah a bunch of those um, I played violin in elementary school for a few years. How did you have time for all these, like... <laughs> Yo, I'm all about the hobbies. Miscellaneous. <laughs> I'm all about the... Interest. All about the division, you know? I yeah. like dabbling. I love dabbling. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Yeah, but I really wish I'd stuck with violin or any instrument. God, it yeah. freaking kills me that I don't, to this day, like... You know, I mean, I play guitar, but with air quotes, I play guitar. 
I feel the same way. I, for like a long period of my life, was very proud of the fact that I had never taken a music lesson, mm. and I like resisted music lessons because I yeah. was like, I'm punk rock, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And now I get here, and you know, I start taking music lessons, and they're incredibly helpful. And like, yeah, I've just wished that I started taking lessons when I was Dude. twelve and got into bass and guitar and stuff. You know, absolutely. These people with the chops, and I'm like, shit. Like I'm, yeah. I'm never gonna be able to do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I had like choirs in middle school and high school, but I took like maybe a total of like four months of voice lessons before yeah. coming to USC. Like, I had influential music teachers from high school. Same. But I just never like. I don't know. I think I was like resisting studying it because I didn't think it was like actually an avenue worth pursuing in life. Right. And so I just didn't like. I would take a voice lesson here and that here or there, and I just didn't like really give a shit about it. Plus, I did like classical voice like lessons when I did them, Same. and I was like, this has no interest to me. And so then I yeah. didn't do it. And then coming to USC, like meeting Jeffrey, Jeffrey Allen, he has literally changed my life. And I guess it's cool. I like that. Like I came here like, and I didn't have like much technique to that needed to be destroyed before I could like build on my thing with Jeffrey. Like that's something that we talked about a few times that like he has like pretty much molded me into what I'm, (laughs) what I am today. Like my voice wise, I didn't really have other influences, but God, I fucking wish I had taken instrument lessons before. Yeah. I've owned a guitar for like four years now and I've taken probably a total of a year and a half of guitar lessons, but man freaking kills me that you just can't can't go back you know yeah can't go back and start taking piano when you were two when you're 21 yeah but it's all i think that, and maybe this is me just like justifying but there's also a value to just like having a normal life and having like real human experiences you know and not spending all your time like in a practice room or something you know yeah. so there's a part of me that like wishes i was like a child prodigy or something yeah but then it's also like yeah but i'm also glad that i just you know kind of grew up in the suburbs and (laughs) you know yeah watched movies and hung out and you know played sports and did whatever you know yeah because that's like a bunch of valuable human especially being like a songwriter like i i'm an instrumentalist i guess but i definitely identify more with the writing thing um and for that it definitely just feels a lot better to like I've had like a set of normal semi-normal experiences you know? yeah yeah and I love that like all of my hobbies will continue being a part of my life for the rest of my yeah. life and that like I can do other shit besides music that will make me happy but like it also collecting and right right but I have to remind myself that like I don't want any of those things to be a plan b like I don't want to have a plan b like yeah music needs to be my plan my only plan and I can't let that other shit like take up too much of my time yeah because i know that that's not what i want to do with the rest of my life you know like i want to keep doing them on the side but i don't want to be like substituting time that i should be spending practicing music yeah doing these other things i used to listen to joe rogan podcasts a lot which i don't really listen to it much anymore but one thing he would say all the time is like if you you have a safety net you're gonna fall you know Mm. and so there's kind of like value in being like there is no plan b yeah (laughs) you know yeah that's maybe the only way that you're gonna put all of your effort into it you know yeah i remember as a kid i would i would say like i want to be an architect you know 
no idea why I, I said that. You know, I think it just sounded cool. You know, yeah, and like, it sounded official. And then when like my parents' friends would ask what I wanted to do, I'd be like, oh, I'll be an architect, and they'd be like, oh, isn't that adorable? End of conversation. Yeah. And then when I started getting really into making music, like. And like that just being the only, like not being, like I, like people, and it sounds really pretentious when people were like, oh, when did you decide that you wanted to make music? It was like, wh- like what, do you, what do you mean? Like there wasn't a time where that wasn't like, yeah. where I was playing guitar and I was like, this could be fun. I don't know. Let me think about it. Like it was yeah. just like, oh, this is, this has to be it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's a much more complicated conversation to have with people, especially in the like world that I come from, which is very like, you know, like education, corporate, like, you know, people with those types of jobs and careers, which Mm -hmm. is like amazing. But when you tell, you know, a a room full of doctors and lawyers that you want (laughs) to play guitar, it's just like a lot more insecure and weird and like, oh, totally. What? (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's, It's hard to explain. Yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer. That was my thing. I'm a very argumentative person. I really like disagreeing with people <laughs> to a fault. Like I'm just yeah. inherently contrary. And I love, I just love arguing. I get into fights with people all the time over shit I don't care about just because I don't like being wrong. And so I will <laughs> stick by whatever I said, even if I know it's wrong. Right. And that used to be like a joke within the family. Like you just didn't disagree with me because I didn't give a shit. Like I was just right. like, you know, I'm right. I just don't care. Yeah. I was one of those kids. I would just say a fact that is not true <laughs> and be like, it doesn't matter what you say. Even if you are an expert on the subject, that is what I'm all about. But then as soon as I like got any sort of validation for music, you know, like the first time I sang yeah. a solo, like the first time I sang in public in front of people was like freshman year of high school. Yeah. That I had like a solo in a concert. And then it was just like, I couldn't imagine like, I mean, obviously I went to school for other things for a brief bit, so I could imagine it. But like, yeah, subconsciously after that point, the entire time I was like, God damn it. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. You know, like this is it. And I can't to this day, like I can't imagine having music as a hobby. Like I can't imagine people, people that like leave the program because they're like, you know what? Like, this takes the fun out of it, you know? Like, I just want to do music for pleasure, and I'll find something else to support myself. Like, I can't imagine that at all. And mad respect to those people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I would love to do that, theoretically. (laughs) Like, to not put this pressure on the art form, to need to make money with it. Yeah. But But it's, it's, yeah, it's never really felt like an option. Yeah. I just, like, I would 100%, like, know that subconsciously I was doing that because I was too afraid to pursue it. Yeah. Which I don't think is the case for the people that choose that way. No, definitely. And there's there's just as much value in like realizing that you don't want to do something that realizing you do want to do something. Yeah. And like, uh, but yeah, it just feels weird being like, oh yeah, I play guitar on Saturdays and there's some time, (laughs) and then you know I go back to my life. Yeah. Like that. Like what? (laughs) Yeah. But I I don't know because yeah, there's there are people that leave and and I think it's almost like fucking cool you know like if that's if you realize that it's like oh this isn't something that i can put all of myself into yeah and it i do like it more mm-hmm. as a hobby you know because there are some parts of it where it's like oh this has become work in a certain way and it, there's a little bit of the romanticism that that dies in certain ways yeah. you know when it becomes like 
commodified, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, as soon as you're trying to make it instead of just doing your thing until you happen to make it. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's a little bit of purity that goes away. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it feels, it would feel much weirder to like, I don't know. I, I had someone tell me like only pursue music if you can't imagine doing anything else, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, there are certainly certain days where like, I'm, I think that I am horrible or I just like, I'm too insecure to like want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. there was really only one, it was this last year actually where there's, there's about a, not a week, but like I was just really in my head about stuff. I like can't, I had a bunch of shows that I canceled and like, I was really just like doubting myself as a writer and I was just like, this is, I got to give this up, you know, Shit. but I, I can't like, uh, I can't imagine like being like 35 and having some like career in advertising or something and, and then having like my guitar be in the corner and then having my son come up to me and be like, dad, what's that? You, did you play guitar? Like finding a picture on Facebook and be like, oh, I, that was a different time. Like, uh, you know, I used to be in a band and have all this, but you know, now I, you know, I like, I like to advertise, you know, and uh, you know, I want to be open and present with myself because maybe my goals will change, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe I'll wake up in 10 years and be like, I want to be a therapist or something, you know, and I want to be, I don't want to be so, because there are certain days where I'm like, am I just clinging to the identity that I found when I was 12 and like not allowing myself to grow and change because maybe I'm not this person anymore. Maybe I was just so desperate to find an identity that when I found one, I was like, well, this is it. It's going to be music forever. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, there are certain, there are people that, that come to music and that leave for righteous reasons, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, but I don't know, every time, like, that just, that breaks my heart <laughs> to think about um, yeah. leaving it behind in some way, you know, and not being like, oh, I have to be super successful in order to, like, you know, like, I'm, like I always want to be making stuff, you know, yeah. and even if it's like I have, I guarantee, you know, there's going to be times in my life where my day job is going to take up more time than my, you know, music making time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And, and not that being successful means like, Oh, I have to have a number one record or else this has all been for nothing. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I want to be, I want to be making stuff. Yeah. For a while. I had a conversation about this with my high school choir teacher who is such an idol for me. I love that man. But he like, I think he did briefly live in New York and like, you know, like tried to make it as a performing musician. Yeah. And I think he just decided that like that wasn't, you know, he didn't want to be like working so hard at this that it made it work, you know, that it made it this like thing that he was upset about and he was angry about. And he, I think he lived in New York and then moved back to Madison, Wisconsin. I don't quite remember, but now he teaches at the high school and he has a wife and two beautiful children and he also plays at a piano bar every weekend often with his wife who sings that's awesome yeah and we had a conversation about it when i was applying to music school and when i was thinking about this and he was like i think he said something similar along the lines of like if you can imagine doing something else with your life like maybe do that you know because like and he's like you can always keep music a part of it you can always get like the one weekend gig but like it is fucking hard to do for a career, you know, it's like really fucking hard. And my heart broke a little bit inside, you know, it was like thinking about it now, 
I mean, he was absolutely right. Like, I would agree with that. And, like, it crushed me a little bit, but clearly not enough to discourage me from still pursuing it. I think it was a good thing for me to hear. And I did try to, like, pursue other things for a little bit, and I found that I can't do it. So I'm doing it now, and we'll see how it works out. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Will you you sing a song? Yeah, I'll sing a song. Awesome. Totally sing a song. Do you want to pause and try to figure out all yeah, the sound stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Fuck yeah. How we chat? Yeah. Just go. Just go whenever I'm ready. Okay. Let's see how it goes. Our eyes contact across the room. You're curious to me. forming a plan but mine is underway because you are on your way to me well it's all imitation unpredictability to maintain my attention you have got to play with me holding out but I'm glad you're still holding on for you it's the thrill of the chase for me it's prolonging the game the longer we hang suspended it's all in the tension Possibilities to maintain my attention. You have got to play with me. Attention. 